Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Previously on The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. We're doing this segment for Todd Meyer, a little Purdue football. That's yes. what we're going to do here uh, on The Wake Up Call. KB and Andy hanging out with you uh, up until 10 o'clock on this Tuesday. Cut day for the Indianapolis Colts. What's going to happen with JT? You know we'll have you covered here all day on the fan. But let's go to the Payless Liquors hotline. Tom Deanhart joins us uh, following PurdueGoldenBlack.com, part of the On3 Network. Tom, good morning. Thank Thank you so much for joining us uh, here early in the morning. I guess let's start here, big picture, and then we can drill down into the the depth chart and the quarterback and everything else. Uh, With the coaching change and obviously such a good season last year and now uh, a lot of new faces, new quarterbacks and everything else with the program, what do you think would be a successful season for Purdue this season? You know, I really think just getting to a bowl game uh, in 2023, in my eyes, would be considered a success, just given all the turnover that, that's happened here in West Lafayette. You know, you, you reference the coaching staff, right? You have new schemes on both sides of the ball, and then obviously a new philosophy coming from your, your head coach, too. And then, of course, you've got the roster, the personnel. Wholesale changes across the board. Hit the transfer portal very hard. Had upwards of almost 20 players that they've, they've imported. And then you had the freshmen on top of that. Um, I think about a third of the roster is new. So given all that, and then, of course, the third factor, the the schedule, guys. Look at the schedule when you get a chance. Very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. Ohio State and Michigan among the the, the big ask of of this team in in 2023. So, again, guys, six and six, get to a bowl. To me, that's good. Seven and five. That may be the ceiling, I think. Yes, Tom points out the crossover games. Ohio State, Michigan speak for themselves, and then September you really don't have Cupcake Central. The non-con is good. Yeah, the non-con is good. Beginning uh, Saturday at noon, that's Fresno State four and a half point favorite Purdue in that Ryan Walters opener. Again, Tom Deanhart on three dot com with us here on the Payless Sickers Hotline. Tom, uh, the the transfer of Hudson Card. It feels like him and Graham Harrell that sort of marriage. I don't know. I'm. I'm pretty high on that duo. I understand Purdue's lost a lot from a skill position standpoint. I should say pass catching standpoint more than anything. But that's a duo that I feel like um, we could be talking about a little bit more prominently as the season moves along. Where are the expectations specifically with this passing offense? I think they're they're, they're sky high. You know, the, the moment Hudson Card got here in January after he transferred from from Texas, ever since then the praise has really been effusive. For, for Card uh, on and off the field. You know, skill set. Uh, looks like he's a, a glove-in-hand fit for this air raid-based offense. He can run it. He can throw it. And, again, I think it's the run-up part that's really going to be unique that's going to surprise fans. He's a, he's a good athlete with some speed, so he's going to be able to extend plays, keep his eyes downfield, hopefully find open receivers. If not, he's going to be able to tuck it and run it, which we didn't see in recent years from the Purdue quarterback. So, again, um, he can end up being a real steal, guys. Um, hasn't got a lot of publicity nationally, but anybody who's matriculated through West Lafayette and watched him in the spring or during camp has come away very impressed. So he's the straw that stirs the drink here in West Lafayette. Purdue will go as Hudson Card goes. And, and again, with, with the way he's turned head so far, maybe that's pretty far. 
Now, I feel like it's just kind of roll call we have to do here, especially with Purdue and Indiana and how many transfers they both have had into their program. We know about Hudson Card. Where else should we be looking for impactful newcomers via the portal for Purdue this season? Because when we had Ryan Walters on in the spring, he's like, oh, yeah, when the summer hits, we still need to go out and try to find a half dozen guys. <laughs> I think I was looking at the game notes yesterday. They had they have 17 transfers on their their preseason too deep to give you a little idea of the uh, of the influx of new players and I think the two positions that were hit the hardest were offensive line they brought in six transfers there and then the secondary the entire cornerback spot is made up of either transfers or true freshmen so all newcomers at the cornerback spot I think overall guys is five portal cornerbacks and one JC transfer so those two spots really have undergone the most change, and they're going to undergo the most scrutiny when when they take the lid off the season here at a high noon on Saturday against Fresno State. And guys, you, you talked about the schedule a little bit. I mean, it, it's not easy like we talked about in September in particular. To me, I mean, I know it's only the first month of the season, but but it's probably the make-or-break month if Purdue wants to make the postseason. You have five games, four of them are at home. I think Purdue's got to be three and two when that calendar turns to October. If it really wants to have a good chance to reach the postseason. Yeah, you look at that September schedule, and Tom Deanhart with us here on the Fan. Fresno State at home at Virginia Tech, home Syracuse, home Wisconsin. They have a new coaching staff, and obviously Illinois and Bielema coming in. Uh, the Friday that, night game against the Badgers. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, that's going to be an FS1 game. I mean, they have some chances here, but wow, that is a, a heavy September schedule. You mentioned Graham Harrell. I know KB's a big fan of. Uh, quarterback and offensive coordinator uh, I have followed Jeff Brom obviously uh, many years uh, you know in the ACC and other things when you look at Brom and you look at Harrell what's the difference between the two as a new system is in West Lafayette I think they're both obviously quarterback centric play callers right um, Harrell comes from that air air raid based family uh, led by Mike Leach of course he's a quarterback from Mike Leach in Lubbock and coach for Mike Leach at Washington State. Uh, and again, the, I think the difference is, I, I think maybe, maybe the overall complexity. I think Brahms' offense was very complex. Always heard about a, a big, thick playbook, just a lot to learn. Now, this, this Graham Harrell air raid-based offense that they're going to run here at Purdue, not overly complex from what, from what you're told or what I'm told. Um, they, they try to keep things simple. And what they try to do is just dress things up with formations and shifts and whatnot to try to confuse teams. They basically try to do the same thing over and over again at, a, at a maybe different looks and different sets and different alignments. They want their guys to be able to play fast, and they want to be good at what they do. And the defense is very similar. Again, not, not a lot of complexity there. Uh, and they try to dress things up with different looks. So, again, you know, I think that's the biggest difference here. They're both going to be quarterback-centric offenses. I think the complexity of Brahms was just a little bit more sophisticated. Looking at the game notes and looking at the depth chart and Tom Deanhart with us, we're talking some Purdue football here on this Tuesday. Uh, there's not a lot of ors. You know, in college you get uh, sometimes a depth chart where it's all ors. So they you know, they say, well, here's the starter, or it's this guy, or it's that guy. I feel like with Purdue, it's the offensive line where you get the ors. Uh, am I wrong there? I'm looking at left tackle, center, and guard. Is that the biggest question mark right now? Yeah, I think left tackle. Uh, Muhammad Musa, an Indianapolis kid, He's, I think he's a 50-50 proposition to play. 
I don't think he is going to play. I think they're going to have to play a backup left tackle to start the season. And I think you know, they're going to have to probably play their third-string center, Kidney Marston Johnson from Colorado. Of course, Gus Hartwood's a local kid from Zionsville. He's, he's out until probably midseason. His backup, I think, is going to miss the game. Josh Kaltenberger, though they list him as the starter on the depth chart, but I think he's going to be out another week. So, again, they could be down to number three center. So, yeah, that offensive line is going to get tested right out of the gate against the Fresno t- State team, guys. If you're a college football fan, have any appreciation for the sport, you know how good Fresno State has been over the years and continues mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. They won their final nine games last year. Yeah, yeah, and just great history. It's a very kind of a blue-collar, chip-on-the-shoulder program. A lot of pride in that program. They're always well-coached. Jeff Tetford, guys, was Aaron Rodgers' coach. He coached Kyle Bowler. I think he's coached six NFL quarterbacks. So, again, a very sophisticated coach. You get this, he's 61 years old. He's going to go against 37-year-old Ryan Walker. So, a huge age difference. <laughs> Tom, last one from me, and you brought up the offensive line injury, so maybe you just answered it, but the biggest position question mark is where? Yeah, again, it's, 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 it's not the offensive line. It's, it's the secondary and the cornerback spot in particular. I think, like I said, um, I like the starters to get the two transfers, one's from Penn State, one's from Ole Miss. I think those guys are solid. But the backups, one backup's a true freshman on the depth chart. The other backup is that junior college transfer I talked about. So if they get any injury to cornerback, uh, it could get very interesting. So, yeah, keep your eyes, your Purdue fan, on the cornerback spot and the offensive line on Saturday. And Tom Deanhart, the writer and the editor covering Purdue football for On3.com. Again, things underway, noon kick. That's 9 a.m. for uh, the Fresno State faithful. So maybe a little advantage there for the Boilers coming up in their opener on Saturday. Tom, great stuff. Thanks for hopping on early with us today. You guys, thank you for having me, guys. Take care. That's Tom Deanhart right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Again, Andy, four and a half point favorite. You know, Fresno won nine in a row to end last season. Jake Hayner, their quarterback, was a guy I think a lot of people liked entering the draft. Fourth round pick from the Saints. They won their bowl game over Washington State. And it's you know, it's not like, oh my gosh, Purdue's playing top ten, top ten, top ten team in September, but you know, Fresno State, Virginia Tech, and Syracuse, those aren't the Mac schools. That's not, you know, Indiana State coming to West Lafayette and, you know, nothing against Indiana State. Oh, Brom sure did him dirty. Brom did him Bruce dirty. Bowen is not happy that I just <laughs> Poor scolded Walters. his alma mater or JMV. <laughs> Poor Walters. He got done dirty by Jeff Brom. Brom, right? Came up with the schedule. And, of course, IU fans left. will say, I don't care one bit about Purdue playing Ohio State and Michigan. Welcome to what life in the Big Ten East. Welcome to the life. Is like. So, uh, again, I, I like Hudson Card a lot. Um, I know Purdue obviously has had a lot of turnover from Payne Durham and Charlie Jones and some of those important skill guys, but Devin Mockaby, breakout season for him. And just curious to see what uh, what Ryan Walters will bring. And a ton of transfers in West Lafayette, a ton in Bloomington, and we'll get the IU look at their matchup with Ohio State and their season starting uh, probably Thursday. I looked up Aiden O'Connell. He completed 71 of his uh, 71% of his passes in the preseason. Have they announced the oh, backup man. for Garoppolo? Like, I is mean, it's it got to be him, it, right? It, oh, Hoyer, please. Is I it mean, O'Connell? It, that, that's an ex Colt Brian Hoyer, by the way. I, I, listen, I know. Well, Brian, uh, Brian Hoyer's been in how many teams? <laughs> he's been with how many teams? So it's not a surprise he's been with the Colts. You want to transition back to the Colts here quickly? Yeah, I mean, oh, we, yeah. that's yeah. what well, we need well, to do. Actually, again. you know, it was kind of funny you brought up quarterbacks and Jimmy G. Uh oh. Um, before we get into the roster cuts and the Jonathan Taylor situation, I saw yesterday that we have betting lines out for the first quarterback to lose his starting job. Uh huh. 
I think I've mentioned before, really since May, I think the Colts have one of the least daunting schedules I have seen. I think it's one of the more tame quarterback schedules that I've seen. So on this list of first quarterback to lose his starting job in 2023, Andy, there was 11 of them Okay, that are listed at odds 16 to 1 or better. So basically you had a, a, a tier of guys that you know, somewhat of a chance that they could be benched here. Of those 11 names, eight of them the Colts are going to see on the schedule this season. Eight do you of want me the to, 11. Do you want me to guess who I think is on there? Because I don't even know. I mean, Baker sure. Mayfield's got to be on Baker there. Baker Mayfield is the most likely quarterback to lose his starting job first. Sam Howell? Sam Howell. The Colts do not play Sam Howell. But, that, that, but he's that on the second. list, right? Yeah. Is uh-huh. he not? Uh, Mac Jones isn't on the list, is he? Matt or Jones is he? Is fifth. Mac Jones is fifth. I okay, guess tied for fourth when you look at it. Okay, exactly. uh, what about the the situation in Atlanta? Desmond Ritter that, yeah. just behind Mac Jones. Yeah, the Colts I would, play I would Desmond imagine Ritter. he's got to be there. But like all the rookies, I can't do any of the rookies, right? I all mean, the come rookies on. are on the list. Okay, so Bryce Young's on it's the CJ list too. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, obviously one of the eleven is Anthony Richardson. Has to be. Okay. So again, eight of the eleven. Baker Mayfield, you play. Ryan Tannehill, you play theoretically twice. CJ Stroud, you would play theoretically twice. Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter, again, Anthony Richardson's on it, Bryce Young, who the Colts will play in their only 4 o'clock game of the year. Coming up around the midway point, Jimmy Garoppolo, they will play with the Raiders. They do not play Jordan Love and the Packers. He is on there. And then to round out the 11 that again are kind of separate from the rest of the group, would be Matthew Stafford. Yeah, and the Colts Ma- play. And Matthew Stafford, by the way, have you followed? Uh, M- Mark and I were in the studio, and ESP- ESPN missed their top of the hour break at the top of the 7 o'clock hour before you came in here with the beer. They were arguing about Matthew Stafford's wife going on her podcast and saying that, you know. I caught that over your shoulder and bled <laughs> into the start of the 7 o'clock. I go, are we really talking about Kelly Stafford's comments you d- on you a damn podcast? You're damn right we are. By the way, I have a beef to pick with that list. Ryan Tannehill, okay. he's not going to get benched. Have have you seen the backups there? Malik Willis is not any good. And Will Levis is injured and also is not anywhere near ready to play in an NFL game. Like, Tannehill's only going down if he's injured. He's not being benched. Well, he got injured last year. Yeah, but is it losing the job yeah. in, in any way? Is it Because I see that as, as being benched, right? I mean, right? at some point, if you all of a sudden, if Tennessee, if what the spiral Tennessee had to close last season, if we see that again, yeah. you know, two and five, whatever, at some point, you got to look at the Tannehill contract and think, what are we doing here? Why don't you just try one of these young guys? I, you know, I don't know if it would be Willis. I, I don't know if it'd be Levis. But at some point, it's like we drafted those dudes in round right. two and round three for a reason. Why are we throwing Tannehill out there? Who is what thirty? What is Tannehill? Well, he's getting like close to age. the end. Yeah, but they think they're a play. They're, you know, they think they're a playoff team. You know, one last hurrah, another year or so with Ryan Tannehill. I don't know. To me, he'd be on the bottom of the list, and that's not me sticking up for him. It's just I don't think I don't think those other guys are anywhere close to playing. Like like if Minshew were in Tennessee, it would be a different story, right? But he's not. Like I don't even know who the Carolina backup is. If Bryce if Bryce Young goes down, who's the backup there? That's a good question. Derek Anderson still around? <laughs> Derek well, Anderson, <laughs> Carolina Panthers. I have no idea. Oh, it's not the PJ Red Rocker, Rocker, right? The Is Red it Rocker. Dalton? Yeah, Andy Dalton. Oh yeah. You know what? And I, Matt I watched, Corral's still there too. And Matt Corral's still there. Who I actually liked coming out of college. Corral, I actually liked yeah. my uh, Corral. Then he, you know, then he got injured he got and you know ACL, whatever. Right? Yeah. Andy Dalton's going to end up playing and starting games in Carolina. Okay, so the new Jonathan Taylor news from yesterday. 
Um, again, you have Ian Rappaport that is pretty much saying like more likely than not he gets traded. That's kind of where Ian Rappaport is at. Um, and you had Josina Anderson, who's another NFL reporter, mentioned yesterday kind of two teams that have given offers and are working to construct a trade, and they are going to give Taylor a market contract. Now, market contract, I think, is something to define. I mean, is that Chubb? If you look at market contract right now, some would say that's Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley getting one for ten or one for eleven. The Nick Chubb deal was twelve for thirty or uh, three for thirty six, mm-hmm. right? Twelve annually. I, you know, I, I've said all along three years for thirty nine million. That's kind of where I've been at this. So um, clearly, there are a couple of teams that have gotten a hold of the NFL power media people and have mentioned that there is real interest in Taylor. Now, of course, how does the rest of today play out? That is something, of course, that we will be monitoring throughout the day. Do you think they're reaching out to guys like Ian Rappaport and company? And I don't know if we have that sound, if we want to play that. Um, I, you know, Do you think they're reaching out to put pressure on the, to put pressure on the Colts? Hey, here's what's going on. You know, there are offers on the table. I mean, yeah. I mean, do you think that's it? To try, I mean, but even when I say that, you know, this story was a bigger story last week than it's been today and that it's been tomorrow, uh, yesterday, right? Shout, it, it feels like. Shout out briefly to Rosie Bowen here. Maddie just Uh-oh. texts me and goes, Rosie's listening to the show oh, on, boy. on the way to school. And she goes, does daddy have a new friend at work? How about that? That's a very nice thing for her Look to say. That. I do, Rosie. Yeah, Rosie, <laughs> this is Andy Sweeney. Um, Andy's going to have we'll welcome in his first child here. Uh, so a new baby for the Sweeney family coming up here in a couple yeah, of Yeah, we months. close on our house on Thursday. So I'll be jetting out of Are here. Are you buying at, Jonathan Taylor's house? I am not buying Jonathan Taylor's house. Okay. <laughs> Where, where's that house at, by the way? <laughs> I, I, I have no <laughs> Which idea. huge gated community is that in? <laughs> if he even has a home here. But I know he you know, got recently married. Mark, will you play that Rapport audio? Again, this sure. is Ian from uh, NFL Network this morning. So this is within the last hour. Ian Rapport on the latest that he is hearing with Jonathan Taylor. All eyes are on Jonathan Taylor today. The cold star running back who has been in the news for more than a month now, of course, requested a trade, then received permission to seek a trade. I'm told there are at least two teams still interested with offers to the Indianapolis Colts and Miami Dolphins. Is one of those teams, they have been long rumored to be a potential landing spot for Jonathan Taylor. Time will tell if General Manager Chris Ballard pulls the trigger on this trade for me, just from what I know about the situation. Hard to imagine Taylor returning to the Colts and playing for them, although I guess theoretically anything is possible. Either way, today should be the long-awaited conclusion of the Jonathan Taylor saga. We mentioned mentioned this in the opener, Andy, but I think it's worth repeating again because a lot of this stuff can get complicated. We will get an answer on Taylor at 4 o'clock today. Not because the Colts have a self-imposed trade deadline necessarily, because you have to either keep him on that pup list or bring him off of the pup list, which means he'd be eligible to practice and play right away. We've had questions on this here recently, and I wanted to make sure that I double-check this and share it with our listeners. Um, If you are on that pup list, you are out for the first four games of the year. You can then come off the pup list at any time. This is from the NFL, players on the pup list are paid their entire base salary. A player's contract will not be told. That means the contract will not be suspended and resume the following season while on the pup unless 
the players in the last year of his deal, mm-hmm. which Taylor is, mm-hmm. and he is both not able to perform football services as of the sixth regular season game and is not activated during that regular season or postseason. So this is information that I was unsure about when people were asking a week ago, so I wanted to make sure that we shared this. So basically, Taylor has got to get on the football field at some point here in 2023. You can't miss a full season due to an injury from last year and your contract all of a sudden be picked up when you're in the final year. So this is the NFL's way of saying... Don't be too sneaky on us. You're not going to get away with that. So Taylor has got to get on the football field in some capacity this year if he wants to hit free agency next year. Okay, so this is there's one consistent, KB, that has happened. And that's a good clarification by you. But there's one consistent from, ye- from, from yesterday, this morning, and last week. And what is it? It's this. It's the Dolphins and a second team that have put an offer out for Jonathan Taylor. Now you may say, "Well, Andy, what do you mean?" Here's what I mean: only two teams have offered for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this is the news that we had last week that the Dolphins and somebody else have reached out about Jonathan Taylor. And you know, listen, you could read into it that Baller is trying to play him against each other. That the offers aren't that great. That he's not going to be lowballed. These are things that we talked about yesterday. But I guess I'm a little bit surprised that for a week now, right? For about a, for about a week, we've had the two-team narrative out there, and that's it. So when Jonathan Taylor was told by the Colts, go out and find out how much you're worth. Yes, that can mean money, and it only takes one team, and ultimately, he wants the money. And we've talked about it with a new contract, years, money, guaranteed money, stability, and everything else. But I think it shows the interest as well that only two teams have offered, right? Like, it's not its not that there's five or six teams that have offered, and they might be crappy deals, right? They might not be very good deals, but at least Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter or somebody else would say, yeah, four or five teams have deals. I mean, we don't know how good the Miami's deal is, that the Cowboys are the other team or the Bears or whoever, the, well, not the Bears, but the Broncos are another team. We don't know what they're what they're offering so it's not like I'm even saying Miami even has a good deal I'm just surprised that we sit here today when something needs to happen right he's coming off the pop he's staying in Indianapolis he's leaving Indianapolis whatever it may be and KB we're sitting here and it's still just two teams I guess that surprises me a little bit how much is that because you can't just offer a trade. You seemingly have to appease him contractually. I, I mean, I, I guess you do. I mean, it, the narrative's You're been You're not floated. absorbing the Christian McCaffrey right. contract from last year. You've got to sit down. You have to get... I, I, I would say the hardest part of the Taylor trade is, again, satisfying him contractually than it is coming up with a trade package. Y- you, you, you can sit there then and... Then that's his value. His value is two offers. Two teams right now are willing to even have that conversation well, with him. Because then. the contract is such an issue. Right. I, I, right. I think that's where you're having this. Because Stephen Holder, and we'll have Stephen on, you know, as we do every Wednesday, we'll have him on tomorrow to provide any sort of clarity on whatever happens today by four o'clock. But I think Stephen originally said there are six teams mm-hmm. that had interest it was and six then teams. two had yep. made those offers. Um so, you know, are those six teams initially are they saying, Okay, you know, we have draft picks and we feel like Jonathan Taylor is a great player. So, okay, a second and a fourth. All right, that checks. And then they get to the actual offer, which again, the offer right. has to include you doing something with him contractually. At least that 
appears to be the what Taylor wants, kind of some of his at least you know, short term, long term. I, mean, I know it's been voted well. You can play him for one year, and you know, and then you can let him go. I'm just, I'm surprised it's just not. Hey, there's a third mystery team. Hey, there's a fourth mystery right. team. Something like that. The number's been two, and it's been two for an entire week. Yeah, I think it. It's several things. It's the running back position, how teams view it. It's probably a little bit of unknown of where he's at health wise. It's a little bit late in the off season, so like, yeah, well, uh, you, absolutely, you, yeah. You, you yeah, can't we... readjust your blueprint, you know, things like that. Um, and then it's draft pick compensation plus finances. That, think... that, that's not always the case with trades, where you, you you have a dilemma internally of like, all right, what draft picks are we going to give up, and then mm-hmm. what are you going to do from a contractual standpoint? Because I'm sure. And this is my line of thinking. I've said this, you know, for years now. Don't draft a running back till day three. That's just my line of thinking. I assume there are some NFL teams that probably agree with that. Um, and so, if you agree with that, you're not going to want to give Jonathan Taylor that sort of contract. On top of that, too, there's been no notable running back injuries around the league either. There's no one's right. gone down for the season or anything. Yeah, you had the like, three oh, game man. suspension right. for right. Alvin Kamara, but yeah, you really but didn't they have that. a lot right. of running back. And they drafted a guy. What Keandre Miller? Yeah, they drafted a guy like you said. Right. Okay. More on Taylor's situation. More on roster cut down day again. Four o'clock today. You'll have over 1,100 guys around the NFL um, get cut here by four o'clock. We'll chat with Joel A. Erickson. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm the star on that next. Yeah, yeah, hour number two, hanging out with you until 10 o'clock. Joel A. Erickson will join us coming up here in just a minute. Reminder, we got you covered. All the Colts cuts, the Jonathan Taylor news all day here on the fan. Querying company coming up at noon, JMV at 3 o'clock. And we're hanging out with you, of course, in the drivehubler.com studios. Well, let's get him going. Joel A. Erickson joins us here uh, on this Tuesday in the 8 o'clock hour. He's on the Payless Liquors hotline, and he writes for the Indy Star. Joel, appreciate the time this morning. Uh, as you wake up this morning, something, the next step is going to happen with Jonathan Taylor. I'll ask you, what do you think as we sit here at 8.02 a.m.? I kind of think he's going to get traded. Uh, I just I just feel like if there's teams interested, the Colts are probably pretty frustrated with the way this has gone. He's He's frustrated with the Colts. Generally, the only way that you, you get that frustration over with is to pay a player. They don't seem to be inclined to do that, which kind of leaves the – this kind of leaves the 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 last thing is, is to trade him. So, I, I, I mean, I, I, that might be a little bit of a <laughs> out-there prediction, but I kind of feel like he ends up getting traded. Joel, if you're the Colts, is there an element of you only keep him if you plan to have him past 2023? Well, there there should be just given the situation and and not wanting to go through this again. But the reality of the running back life is they if they keep him, they can always just franchise him, and he doesn't have a whole lot of options beyond that. Um, you know, other than other than doing you know other than other than more of a, a an overt holdout or whatever. It, 
it's it's just be more pain and agony. So um, it, it feels like it feels like yes, that if you're going to keep him, you keep him beyond 2023. But the way the the way the running back market is lately, it, they don't have to. They can just they, I mean they can keep it for 2024 as a franchise tag. But if he gets hurt again, then you can just say bye and um, and and wash your hands of the whole thing. He's Joel A. Erickson. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline from the Indianapolis Star. Joel, I'm tired of talking about Jonathan Taylor, so I would like to move on if you don't mind. I'm um, sure he is as well. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I'm right there with you. I've been you here kidding. for seven shows and I'm tired of it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Four o'clock today again, roster cut downs. I have them keeping five tight ends. I don't know if that means a trade from O. Ali Cox. Uh, of Mo Alley Cox at some point. I don't know if that means Jelani Woods to injured reserve to return after four games, but I have them keeping five. Is that way too high of a number? No, I, I actually have them keeping five as well. Oh, really? Um, Good. It, it's, it's a position where, you know, if, if you're watching the special teams last Thursday night, um, Tylen Granson has kind of been the, the personal punt protector all, all, all off season. And, you know, Alec Ogletree was doing some coverage stuff. You know, Shane Steichen told us, like, those last, you know, receiver spots, tight end spots, what they do there was going to come down to special teams. And if you have two guys playing it, I think it helps you. Uh, I think it helps you maybe keep more of those guys. I don't see as many of those guys on at the wide receiver position. So I, I have them keeping five right now. Like like you said, there's some – there's some wiggle in that with Jelani Woods and, and Mo Ali Cox, and some of that stuff is hard to read. I mean, even even like the the center position, you know, they, they waved Dakota Shepley, and I had him on my 53, I think, just because he played center and Danny Pinner had just gotten hurt. And uh, I thought Wesley French had a couple of bad shotgun snaps during camp. Like, even reading that stuff is, is a little bit hard, um, I think. And you're, I know you're right there with me on this because we assume that whatever happens at 4 o'clock today is not going to be the final um, look no. at what the initial Colts roster is going to be. Especially on the O-line. Mm-hmm. Just a yeah. Fo- yeah, no, no. O-line more than any other spot. But yeah. I think there's a lot of spots that they could add. Yeah. Just to follow up on the tight end, if Jelani Woods were healthy, um, and maybe I should ask you how bad that hamstring issue is, but if if he were healthy and they felt like, you know, hey, he's had a good camp, he's had a good preseason, maybe he's going to take the next step, how, how would that change the way you guys are talking about tight ends? Would they not have five, do you think? I, I, think, it, I think it could lessen the need. I mean, Woods, in theory, plays the Dallas Goddard role, and Goddard played like... I can't remember what it is, but I think it's like 70% of the snaps for the Eagles uh, last year. So, in theory, it would it would lessen the need for some of those tight ends. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, I, I, it's hard to tell. I, I don't really know with the hamstring exactly where it is. Um, you know, KB mentioned IR. If, if it's a really bad one, I, I you could do that because a really bad one, I think, is two months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, IR to return but, just to... Yeah, not, not yeah. IR for a season over, just to right. clarify. You would, you, would, you would carry him today and then place him on IR tomorrow is what you would do. Right. Uh, we hope baby Erickson, by the way. Baby boy Erickson is doing well. Joel, thank you for the time here on this Tuesday morning. Again, Joel A. Erickson with the star is with us. Um, okay, wide out. I think the first four names are pretty obvious. That would be Michael Pittman. That'd be Alec Pierce. be Isaiah McKenzie and Josh Downs. Number five. I don't have them keeping a six. Number five is where you get into some debate. Um, is Mike Strawn healthy? 
And I went with Jawan Winfrey, but I really have no idea. I just threw a dart at a board there. Uh, is Mike Strawn healthy? What do you think about replacing Ashton Doolin? So that's the, the, the you you hit the nail on the head there. It's the the key is replacing Ashton Doolin, and that's 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 not just about wide receiver. That's about special teams as well. Kind of as I alluded to earlier, Strawn has not really played special teams in his Colts career, which is why I went with Juwan Winfrey um, at that spot. Now I think this is another spot where you could see a claim. Mm. You know, I I don't know who's I, I don't know who's. I haven't been paying attention to the other 31 teams, but there's probably a wide receiver out there who can do, you know, I don't know if they have one out there who can play gunner the way Ashton Doolin can, but, you know, is there a guy out there who gives you more on special teams? And then then I think maybe there's, there's a move there. I, I don't necessarily know that any of the wide receivers really jumped out at us. Like Usually there's a, a guy further down the depth chart that kind of flashes in camp, and it didn't really happen this year. Anybody who had like a good day it kind of went away after a couple days so I, I don't know if there's an obvious one there joel a erickson with us uh, he writes for the star he's hanging out with us on the pay less liquors hotline tuesday on the fan just as a follow-up i know jmv's been talking about this a lot i mean alex alec pierce um i, I don't know he kind of thought he would take a next step maybe not a great preseason go back to the bills game but not a great preseason in camp i don't know do you do you agree with that i think this is a guy they wanted to take maybe a little bit more of a step forward i guess i'm a little bit worried about him going into the season joel i i think that right now that's a little bit of an overreaction to preseason games is is my is my take on it i i thought alec pierce actually had a pretty decent camp um and uh, you know obviously the preseason games what everybody else sees we see all the all the practices but you know jim bob cooter was kind of saying like those preseason games are a small piece of a big uh, evaluation. That's kind of how it is for me. Like until until um, the regular season starts. Like we we still have him in regular season games last year, making catches against you know real NFL corners in contested catch situations. So I don't want to I don't want to uh, you know throw all that out based on the two preseason games. Joel, I have no undrafted free agent making the 53-man roster. Frankly, I didn't put too much thought into anybody. We saw the local native, Emil Ekior Jr., already get cut earlier this week, the Cathedral in Alabama product. He was probably the most popular name just after the draft, given he was a three-year starter at Bama and he was a play in a position of need. Uh, any undrafted guys that you see potentially carving out a spot? That's a good question. I think all the guys I have are guys who were like on the practice squad last year. Yeah, the guys which... who are like who are who are sort of like sleeper types, like Sagoon and Lowy and guys like that. I think they were on the practice squad last year, rather than being straight undrafted free agents. Which that's a little bit weird. That's a little bit strange considering you know we're talking about them adding a lot of waiver claims. Like usually those type of rosters are the ones where the undrafted free agents are showing up, um, but. They also they also did sort of stuff the back end of the roster with a lot of these guys who are like they've been in the NFL for a little bit, you know. Last one for me, Joel. Uh, in the in the answer might be offensive line, but what unit or maybe what player or a few players do you think didn't have much uh, didn't get much sleep last night and may not here for the next day or two with the waivers and everything else? Oh, offensive line for sure. Yeah, tight end. Um, I think I think if you're a running back, you don't know exactly what's going on outside of Zach Moss and 
in some of those guys. I think maybe you're 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 kind of wondering, but um, yeah, offensive line, tight end, tight end, just because. You know, there's a lot of guys on there who can play NFL football, and you're, you're going. I don't know exactly what they're going to do. Um, so yeah, I, I think those two spots. Joel, thanks for the time, man. Hope baby Erickson's doing okay, and um, we will see you, I guess, tomorrow out at Colts practice. He's he's doing good. He just hung on and slept a little longer than I thought he would this morning. <laughs> yeah, all been there. Andy's welcome in kid number yeah. one here in a few months, so yeah. he's getting a nice little dose of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Joel. Appreciate it, man. Yep, yep. Thanks for having me on. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey guys. Do you guys ever see the show Leftovers? HBO show? This was like their main no. theme. You, no. N- neither one of you? No. Okay. Pixie, All right. Pixie's playing tonight at TCU Amphitheater, by the way. Are they really? really? You Pix- going, Mark? Pixie's in Modest Mouse. No, I'm not going to this one. Boy, I, I little I date think I night. Told, I think I told uh, you guys this. I went last week to OAR and Goo Goo Dolls. There, boy, the renovation is outstanding, and like the lawn seats are close, like much closer than they used to be. And that was one of the real yeah. hot nights when yeah, they're not a hundred yards in the back. The <laughs> when uh, we went and we were close enough, and we were, I mean, we were what twenty feet in the lawn, maybe thirty feet in the lawn, but the overhang gets so far mm-hmm. out that once that sun goes down, you are good to go there. Yeah, you were you were dripping with sweat last week, weren't you? About ninety five yeah. degrees. Uh, out there. Solid workouts walking to and from the car. Last hour uh, for us here on the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy, Andy Sweeney, that's me, Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton hanging out with you another hour. Obviously, uh, some cuts. What will happen today? The Colts get down to 53 players. That's by 4 o'clock. JMV will have you covered with all that. What happens with Jonathan Taylor, obviously, uh, is going to continue to be the story today, tomorrow, and going forward. Can I bring up one thing? before we dive into to more JT talk sure. where I am disappointed in myself and I'm disappointed in the show and I'm just disappointed and I know yesterday was a Monday and it's a reaction and what's going to happen with cuts and what's going to happen with JT and the big weekend and Sam Hartman looked great for your Notre Dame fighting Irish and everything else. Not, not just but, for your wife. Guys, guys, Bob Barker died. I know. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. And we didn't talk about it. Yeah. We're a we're we're a wacky morning show. There we go. Bye. Yeah, at first, I was like, <laughs> "Who wants to Barker be a millionaire?" Died. Did I miss something there? Bob Barker died, and of course, everyone's doing. He, you know, he got as close as he could to one dollar without going over. That he lived is to be ninety. Wild. Yeah, he lived to be ninety nine. But I'm like, Bob Barker died. Yeah. How did we have three hours yesterday, and we didn't spend at least at least twenty seconds to mention one of the great personalities of our life, right, KB? Hand I mean, raised. Hand th- raised. Staying home from school and knowing oh, that you were going to get man. Bob Barker. On is one of the greatest things that a little snow day maybe. Oh my gosh! Or just I mean hell, I'm, just I'm a little sick. I'll go over to yeah, grandma's but it, but it, house. Yeah, but and... if you're sick, you, you actually might be sick. I'm yeah, telling you, you get a hey. you get a snow day and you get Bob Barker. What are we doing? Keep the eyes awake on the couch, watch the beauties, <laughs> and watch Bob, Bob work his magic. Yeah, is, is a sick day oh. the same anymore with Drew Carey at the helm? I don't think so. It's no, no, it's not. And he's done all he can. But they were showing mm. like the best of Bob Barker. It's like someone's, you know, I, I know someone who's been on the show. By the way. Really? Oh yeah, he won a he won a grandfather clock. 
in like you know a year of tide detergent. That ought to be a pain in the ass to ship. Plus, what would you? I mean, that's something like those fit in some homes, and then other homes, you know, I don't need the dinging and dulling. So, when was Bob's last year? Did he get to eighty? Five ish, shady eight ish. I could look it up, but I want to say, I mean, I mean, Carrie's been doing it for a while, right? Has it just been Carrie since him? Yeah, he's been doing yeah. it for quite a while. I'll figure it out, but I figured I'd mention that. What are we doing? We had three hours yesterday. We yeah. couldn't fit that in at all. What are we doing? That's a, that's, and I blame myself for that. I was very, I was very hard on myself last night and this morning over it. So, so there you go. Uh, can I ask you? Can I just ask you a question? Obviously, all the Jonathan Taylor stuff is out there. Um, if he comes off the pup, whether he is with the Colts or not, what does that say about all of this injury stuff over the last couple weeks and what Colts fans will think about him going forward? I mean, obviously he's on the team. You're like, all right, good. Let's go. Let's see yeah. if we can get him out there. But if he's in Miami or he's somewhere else, he's with the Cowboys and question. he's parading around and he's off the pup and he's playing week one and by week two or three, he's looking like Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that's another side to this entire saga. Yeah, uh, that is a good question. Now, I think if there are some Colts fans that didn't criticize, or I criticize might be unfair, but you know, let's recall a couple of years ago in training camp, Shaquille Leonard misses the first 10 days of camp. He puts pen to paper. Three days later, he's out yeah. practicing. So <laughs> we have seen this before. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, that's what everyone thinks is, the, is going, what happened here, right? And again, if you come off the pup list, it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, you're immediately going to practice. It just means you're eligible to practice within the first four weeks of the season. If you go on pup again, you're out for the first four games. We had a couple tweets, Taylor-related, that I wanted to touch on. This from Jeremy. Taylor's been balling out for the Colts and haven't won at a high level. Who cares? Peace mm-hmm. out, JT. Um, I, there's certainly some people that have thought that. Now, granted, if you didn't have Jonathan Taylor in 2021, how many games would you have won with Carson Wentz at quarterback? How much did Taylor carry you to the brink of being a playoff team that season? Well, that's why think- he's injured. He had to carry Carson Wentz. Literally. Literally I, I, on his on his back, he had to carry Carson Wentz. I don't think anyone out there is blaming <laughs> Taylor for not getting over the hump there in those final couple of games. Nathan goes, if Taylor isn't dealt today, then the Colts can refuse to let his agent find a trade new contract with other teams. So this is in reference to the soft deadline the Colts have given. He goes, Taylor has their permission now, but if they impose the deadline, all conversation with other teams from Taylor's camp would be prohibited. Again, this falls into the, where are you if you're the Colts on this? If you think he's going to be with your team past 2024 or past 2023, okay, then maybe this is relevant. But if you have no plans, and I go back to all the Ursay comments, Jim Ursay owns this football team. People in this market know full well, if Jim Ursay wants to say something, he'll say it. Find me where he has mentioned a contract extension for Jonathan Taylor in the last month or two. We haven't talked about one number. You know, this is only my seventh show. We haven't talked about one number. You've mentioned the Colts three. aren't negotiating. No, you've mentioned with three for thirty nine, and that's just you coming up with a number that you think matches what everybody could do. And you're looking at Nick Chubb's number, right, from a year ago, two years ago, whatever, whatever it may be. Now we haven't, KB. We haven't had one conversation, uh, and obviously they haven't had one conversation at all about any of this. I, I think. Listen, I think it's. I understand the notion of well, you know, Jonathan Taylor's been here and we haven't won at a high level so if he moves on uh big deal and i and I how just, much worse would it be if you didn't yeah, have well him? i think that's that that's one side and also it just i, I mean it's a finality that yes but also 
let's remember what you have this year, and that's a rookie quarterback with 13 Again. starts and 40, what, 40 dropbacks in the preseason. And when I watched the first and third preseason games, and I'm seeing Deion Jackson and Evan Hall getting what's blocked, I'm thinking, what could be there if you had the home run hitter? And not just a single setter, because there are lanes. Anthony Richardson creates a major threat to opposing defenses, and it opens up opportunity. And obviously the Colts were vanilla as hell, and and sure, they're going up against backups, but what could be there with the home run hitter? And again, let's not act like Taylor wasn't a part of you winning 11 games in his rookie season as an 1,100-yard rusher as a rookie, or the next season with Carson Wentz at quarterback, you had to totally pee down your leg in the final two weeks of the season to miss the playoffs. Taylor putting the... uh, I go back to the play, um, which is probably Taylor's most iconic play. The Patriots game here inside of Lucas Oil Stadium that Saturday night in December. You got a 20 to nothing lead. You're trying to ice it away, and Wentz can't throw the ball from me to Mark. And everybody in the stadium knows that you're running it. And Taylor gets two yards on first down, and it's second and eight, and you run it with him again, and you're maybe getting two yards. Dante Hightower, Devin McCourty, they're staring straight in Taylor's face. Two Pro Bowl defenders, and he puts one cut in the ground, and boom, he goes right for 67 yards. You don't win that game. Without him. Michael Pittman ejected from that game. He's in the locker room. Carson Wentz, everything is on his shoulders, and he can't do anything. And yet, with him throwing left-handed passes and having big turnovers, you still had a chance late in the year. And again, all of that, that's more like win-loss related. I'm talking about trying to give Anthony Richardson support and trying to alleviate some stress off of him and giving a very, in my opinion, barren skill group, giving them something of note. Uh, just quickly, Diana Russini, who went from ESPN to The Athletic two minutes ago, tweeting out, uh, quote, today is the deadline for Colts running back Jonathan Taylor to find a trade partner. While there are interested teams, sources tell The Athletic, I'm told as of right now, the Colts have not been presented with a significant offer. She says there is still time, but that is the reporting two minutes ago from the Athletics' Diana Russini. Again, uh, interested teams are out there. She is told right now the Colts have not been presented a significant offer. And to me, that would be obviously a first-rounder. But to me, it would be even further, KB. It would be probably what? A two and a three, a two and a four? Probably a two and a four have not been presented to the Colts. Is that fair to say? Maybe it's unfair, but that's how I feel. Is that the Colts reaching? out there and saying, hey, will you get this out there so teams will up their ante? Adam Schefter reporting Colts are releasing veteran safety Ronnie Harrison also. Former high draft pick, but a guy that I did not have on my 53-man roster Telling either. You. You're going to um, nail all 53 of these. You're going to be taunting uh, older and everybody else. There's always about Can't three wait. or four. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, obviously in that, I don't know if that differs a ton, but the Ian Rappaport comment from earlier today about you know, it still feels like that more likely than not he gets moved. Um, I'm just glad to come four o'clock we'll get a answer, an answer. It's not necessarily the answer of a trade, but it is a are you off the pup list or not? So that is something. We'll get an action, and then tomorrow we'll, we'll hear from Chris Ballard. And it's the first time we've heard from Ballard since the start of camp when at that point. He didn't think Taylor would be on the pup list. Is that a Zoom or is that an in, in, that is that's an in person? person yeah, okay. Colts have a three o'clock practice tomorrow. I think typically they do. Um, Ballard will talk either during or after that practice. 
Um, so yeah, and that's the last time we typically hear from him yeah, until months. the season's over. Yeah. Uh, Mark, do you have the Ian Rappaport still up by any chance? This was Ian Rappaport literally about an hour and a half ago on, on the NFL Network talking about JT. All eyes are on Jonathan Taylor today. The cold star running back who has been in the news for more than a month now, of course, requested a trade, then received permission to seek a trade. I'm told there are at least two teams still interested with offers to the Indianapolis Colts the Miami Dolphins. Is one of those teams they've been long rumored to be a potential landing spot for Jonathan Taylor. Time will tell if general manager Chris Ballard pulls the trigger on this trade for me. Just from what I know about the situation, hard to imagine Taylor returning to the Colts and playing for them, although I guess theoretically anything is possible. Either way, today should be the long-awaited conclusion of the Jonathan Taylor side. Again, that was Ian Rappaport this morning with his latest. He has been on the side of the fence, I think, that it's likely he does get traded compared to some others. This right here from um, Sean. Sean goes, I would pay Taylor $16 million a year if that gets him in a Colts uniform for the next three years. Who gives a bleep how much he makes? It's not like it's going to cost us a Super Bowl. <laughs> Ballard will just waste it on average guys. <laughs> Running back is worth way more to the Colts than most franchises because other franchises have quarterbacks that can throw the ball. We are running the Wildcat. Obviously, there's a lot of ingest comments in there, but I also think there's a lot of validity in that statement. And we brought this up a little bit, Andy, of like, I think oftentimes we get into semantics with money and years and contract value. None of that matters. What matters, are you going to get the quarterback right or not? That is what matters. And, you know, when people, again, bring up, okay, what did Josh Allen have his rookie year? What did Lamar Jackson have? Lamar Jackson won a Heisman. Josh Allen had double the starts of Anthony Richardson. None of these people can be compared to Richardson. Um, So that's where I look at it, and I am probably side with Sean in that comment of, where else are you spending this money? It's not like you spend it. So if this is a guy that is going to help the development of your quarterback, then I'm okay with spending that. Um, That's how I view it and it's early in this process and Anthony Richardson does not strike me as this type of individual he strikes me as a guy that comes from a very very humble background and that's stuff we can get more into as we lead into the season but Andy there comes a point in time where the commas and the zeros start to grow and I think it's only a matter of time before the quarterback in the NFL gets to the point where the star player is in the NBA and the quarterback in the NFL is going to dictate what they want. We already see guaranteed money rising very, very high. And so there's going to come a time where Anthony Richardson could be in a position to where he gets to call the shots, more or less. And is he going to look back on this situation? And is that going to have a negative impact on him or not? And again, I blame both parties. I don't want to act like I'm just blaming the Colts here. Taylor has not handled this greatly either. But is that going to be his one of his fir- do first impressions last? Because this is the first impression that you're making on the guy. It's like the opposite of love at first sight. Does this last? <laughs> I, I, I mean, listen. That's I, if you're if you're Anthony, listen. If you're the Colts fan, Anthony Richardson in three years uh, is so good that they look at him and they say, "Let's bring you. Let's bring you in. You are you are part of the brain trust here as we make decisions, whether they be contract, who we bring in, whatever it may be. You know, KB. One thing I struggle with, and in baseball, you get a a lot of this and the Colts are squarely uh, sitting to where I-, I think a lot of this has to do with how you view prospects 
right? A baseball team moves, uh, you know, if the Angels would have moved Otani, for instance, they could have sold their fan base what? Instead of a couple months of what's turned into bad baseball, they could have sold their fan base all of these different prospects. That's what the Mets are doing. The Mets got rid of all their old pitchers, and they're like, well, you know, you know, we, we got prospects that in two, three years, four years, whatever it may be. Now, it's different in football because the guy doesn't sit for four years, unless you're a Packers quarterback, then you might sit uh, for a couple years. Thank you. Look at that. That's the best producer. That's the best damn producing Mark's done in my Packers. seven shows. I, really, I do you? That one's that. always ready to go. That one's number one on well, the list for I, Mark. I mean, I mean, like our picks. Like I can. Like some fans are going to be turned on by picks. Oh, you know, we we got rid of JT and we got a two and a five, whatever it, be, it may be. I struggle with that, and I understand your point. If you're not going to extend them, if you gotta don't get return, yeah, on them. you got to get return on them. I guess what I'm saying is. The return can excite some people. Yeah, I, the I return don't for me, like, it confuses me, KB, because a yeah. third-round pick can be an offensive lineman who, who's in your system for two or three years and doesn't do a damn thing, and we're sitting here in three, four years saying, hey, remember him? He was the JT pick. Now, it sure. can be the exact opposite, but I can understand if there's Colts fans that are skeptical of saying, we're going to get rid of a known commodity for a for a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick. How many fifth-round picks are being nailed in the NFL? Right, I mean, I Obviously, let's just look at like second round. Let's say the Colts get a yeah. second rounder in return. It could be Braden Smith, who all signs point to him being an eight to ten year starter for you at right tackle, a very important position. Or it can be Ben Banigou, who was just cut by the Cowboys and obviously didn't work out there here. You so, go. I mean, yes, you have two ends of the spectrum. It comes back to the return that you would be getting for him. Again, um, we do have one, I would say, notable name that has been cut so far. Mark brought up Ronnie Harrison. He was just signed about a week or two ago. Mm -hmm. Um, The Colts took some flyers late in camp on some uh, former safeties that have been taken in the second and third round. Tease Tabor and Ronnie Harrison, both of them, again, cut. Uh, But Mike Strawn uh, from NFL Network reporting that he has been cut and he's a guy that I did not have on my 53-man roster for a couple of reasons. One, no special teams impact. That's the biggest. Two, I still don't see consistency in games from him. Three, a little banged up late in camp. That doesn't help. And this goes back to the overall offensive philosophy and why I'm curious what happens with Mo Cox today. What happens with Jonathan Taylor? Shane Sykin runs the show offensively. Shane Sykin's got no ties to Mike Strong. He might look at Strawn in camp and see, you know, whoop-de-doo. He made a couple high-point grabs in one-on-one. Where's the 11-on-11 11 He's work? been coaching some pretty good receivers Where's in Philadelphia and, San, and, uh, and the Chargers. So I think... Come San Diego, by the way. I think that is something to keep an eye on. This one here from Tim. Uh, Ursay's got an extra $20 million on the books with the Orca not around anymore. Oh, that's... <laughs> A bit harsh. Mark leaned over like I thought. Lolita. I thought he was going to hit a sounder. I was I mean, wondering. I'm sure I have a whale sounder. I was going to say, what what whale sounder does does he there have was ready a time to go? That I thought Lolita might be the fourth overall pick. <laughs> I thought you know we should be paying more attention to mock drafts. I got to be honest. On second round picks, Ballard hasn't been that bad. I no, mean, there no, there's some no. absolute busts on here. I mean, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I mean, I mean good, there's some good, good there's some good rounders. yeah, there's some good players on here yeah, as I mean, well. You'd certainly throw Shaq Leonard in there. Uh, obviously, you would throw Braden Smith in there. Well, Pippen was a second rounder, right? Pippen and Taylor fall Par- into the second yeah, Paris round. Paris Campbell group. wasn't bad. Thank you for him. Um, you know, second rounders. You got guys like Ben Banigou didn't work out. Rocky Scene. Hmm. Um, 
One more time before we get to a morning checkdown and our pop quiz. Uh, just a little lay of the land for today. Again, 4 o'clock is when roster cuts are due. Um, then you'll get into the waiver claim period. 16-man practice squads assembled late tomorrow. Uh, just a couple of, I guess, definitions, if you will, to look forward. Uh, you're going to see waived and released today. Waived is for the players that have less than four years in the NFL, i.e. Mike Strawn. So now Mike Strawn gets exposed to waivers. So if Mark's Bears with Matt Eberflus, if they want Mike Strawn, they're going to get him because they are number one in the waiver priority based off last year's record. Whereas a guy like Ronnie Harrison, he's been in the league for longer than four mm-hmm. years. So he, and I'm pretty sure Schefter said that he would, he was released, which means he heads straight to free agency. If you've been in the league for longer than four years, you get to become a free agent right away versus waived means less than four years and you get exposed to the waiver process. Right now, right now is the biggest name. Here's uh, as we sit around and listen, there's going to be more, whether it's the Colts or somebody else. There are going to be notable names, and there are eventually KB. There's going to be a name or two where you go, oh, wow, you know, he's not, you know, he got caught, he's now a free agent, he got waived, whatever it may be. Right now is the name Colt McCoy. Is that the gem that we have at 922 that Colt McCoy is the most surprising name that we have? And by by the way, so fill me in on what Arizona's doing now. Is okay. it Josh Dobbs yeah, and they brought in Dobbs. Clayton Toon? Yeah, that's it. Shout out you knowing that. Clayton Toon <sighs> is a player. They got to do something he, else, right? I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you can bring somebody else but, in, I but mean, Dobbs is the do, guy. Can you do what the Colts did You know, a handful of years ago? They did the Dorsett for Jacoby Brissett trade on cutdown. Right. Do we see that out of it? I have no idea who the third QB and some other. Obviously, Ellinger is not. Not, now that I say it out loud, I'm thinking to myself, Jonathan Gannon used to be here. I, I don't know. I would argue that P.J. Walker for the Bears is probably the biggest surprise. So he's cut. not going to be the backup, Mark? No, they cut him. Okay, that might be the that might they be the signed biggest. him to a two-year, $4 million deal in the offseason, and he was one of their first cuts now. So they went with the guy that played well against the Colts. Uh, Tyson Bajan. Yeah, I was going to call him Bagel. <laughs> yeah, he's been impressive so far. Well, now I'm just going to call him Bagel now. What's your favorite bagel? Oh, man. Asiago cheese for me. Well, the question is, what do you put on the bagel? You a cream cheese guy? Yeah, you yeah. a bagel and yeah, lots guy? You uh, some people like a little peanut butter? You just a little butter? You know, I don't know who's got the best bagel in Indy. I don't know. We may we may need to do we may need to reach out. No, they're trying to get Caleb Williams. That's what the Cardinals are trying to do. They're starting Josh Dobbs. He got there five days ago. KB, <laughs> he just got there, and he's Josh Dobbs. Greg goes. You should have put some bets on your fifty three hitting. Could have added to the Rosie and Max college fund. You damn right. That's I, the show of a true degenerate. If I wish I was as smart as Greg. <laughs> Met Greg at training camp. Great individual. <laughs> If you're betting on a 53-man roster article, I, I don't know. What sportsbook's taking that? Victor Hovland, nice payout for me with the Tour Championship here. Oh, there you go. Uh, who's Over the local the guy? He Didn't he finish Shank, top, yeah. 10? Did, uh, top 10? Top did, 10? Did he end up getting top 10? Top, he was hovering. It, it was close, uh, yeah. Right around that, yeah. Shout out to Vincent's Indiana. Shout out to the uh, Sod Farm down there. Adam Shank, great individual. His son, AJ. Uh, hell of a year. Well, there well, you go. We got the Ryder Cup announced uh, here at 10. Oh, of course, ten oh one. Do you care at all? I, yeah, Did I was, you go to the Ryder uh, Cup when it was at Valhalla in two thousand eight? Uh, I was there. Yes. 
Yes, yes, so, I was. Look, uh, Valhalla. Uh, when um, when Rory won, Rory. When Rory won, how many years ago was that? Like a, seven, eight years ago. That's a great accent. You, you like you. that? Me and uh, you know, so we had press passes, right? You had press uh-huh. pass and everything, and we were out there broadcasting and everything else. That was in the dark, right? Rory uh, won. It, it was in the dark. So so me and a radio gas bag buddy of mine, who's in Nashville now, by the name of Jared Stillman. He was working. He was working in. I I can't remember if he was still in Louisville, but he was there, and so we had press passes, and we're walking around okay and you got to find you know you have to stay outside the lines even if you're media uh if you remember tiger woods was back remember it's one of the times where he came back and it was a big deal and he was going to play eventually he didn't make the cut but we got inside the ropes we walked with my guy Pat Forty and Tom Rinaldi, who was at ESPN. Oh, yeah. and, Did he and, make you guys cry walking down the first fairway? Oh, with yeah, some of course, story? I just saw his face and I immediately, uh-huh. bega- I immediately began to weep. But we're sitting there. We fo- we followed Tiger for about fourteen holes inside the oh, ropes. Gosh, when, my jealousy! When he was putting, it was between. Uh, it was like basically the distance between us. Is, is like literally that's where we were that close. Mark, we I need to go to the bathroom yeah. after hearing this story. And we did not have we did not have any sort of special access. So, you know, when it comes back next year, what's it, the PGA, yeah. I think, at Valhalla? Will Tiger yeah. be playing? A little uh little VIP action might be might be in our uh might be in our uh, future. Who Kevin knows? Kevin needs to go towel off now because of your Tiger Woods story. I'll go fan myself here. I had a uh I had a co host that I worked with before who <laughs> Who hated Tiger Woods? He was the exact opposite uh, of you. Loathed everything. Loathed everything. Jake hates him too. Jake hates him. Oh, yeah. oh come I get on, it. Jake. You know, people hate him. Come on, Jake. Uh, we've had again varying Jonathan Taylor reports before we slide into this morning check down. This is from Barry Jackson, who basically I would kind of say Barry is like the. Mike Chappell, Stephen Holder, you know, he's a long lineage in Miami. He's been all over this Taylor story from day one from the Miami side of it. Barry tweets out, Dolphins and Colts remain in discussions on a Jonathan Taylor trade. I do not know what will happen in terms of what Colts will ultimately accept. Everyone would just be guessing. Fluid situation. Today, today's deadline for resolution is only a loose deadline. How much yeah, do, loose is better than a? I've been yes. saying soft deadline. I think loose is probably the better way. to How, how it. much do people care? And like, I understand it's it's you got to get something back, but you're just you just don't feel like if the Colts don't feel like the value is there, it's not black or white for them, right? Well, that now gets back to the earlier discussion we had, Andy. Of okay. Are you willing to get into the season? Let the cloud hang over. Right. Let the distraction, the negative, whatever, hang over. But then you're hoping for the in-season injury. I, I, I guess that would be your hope. You're hoping for something late September, early October. Or he plays. I mean, that would and be then the that other gets thing. Into the dilemma. Then do teams look at that and say, "Okay, he's playing." We feel better about his situation, so now we're more willing to trade, or you run the risk, obviously, of him getting hurt when he plays. And then you have some teams that, okay, what's the value for him for 17 games versus 11 games? So these are all debates to have tomorrow and beyond, potentially. But again, I would consider it a loose deadline just because outside of, and I guess this goes back to Nathan's point earlier, Outside of potentially the Colts restricting his representation from engaging teams after 4 o'clock today, uh, there's really no real deadline outside of him coming off the pup list or not. I'm just not frustrated. I'm surprised the second team isn't more roundly known. Does that surprise you at all? Of all Broncos. 
I, yeah, I, I guess you know what I'll follow you. I'll say I'll say it's a Denver. I'll say it's Mark? a Denver Broncos as well. I got no problem. With it. I, I mean, I've already put out their Dallas Cowboys, but they've been so quiet. Uh, you know, you figured Jerry Jones would utter something, so I guess it's not going to be them. So Denver makes the most sense, I how about, guess. How about the Seattle Seahawks? Ooh, okay. Well, what about Kenneth Walker? Well, what about him? If you get Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> yeah, boy, that's a lot of skill in that room. I'm just DK saying. Metcalf. They got, they're really Lockett, banged up on their offense. JJ Smith. Who's the other guy they got? Uh, is it Dodd? Who's the rookie wide receiver who's balling out there in Seattle? Oh, they got the Ohio State guy, right? Yeah. Well, they have him too. Yeah, he's injured, he's but a I mean, they, up right now. Yeah, Jigba's who you're thinking of? Is that who you're ta- talking about? What about the Rams? What about the Rams? <laughs> Wasn't that a team and, at one point? Me and Mark were talking about Matthew the Rams Stafford today. Stafford needs to gel with some veterans, apparently. Bobo. Jake Bobo is who... Dodd. Jake Bobo is who I was thinking of. The wide receiver who? there. Have you not seen that? Oh, I should have been quiet for our fantasy draft. No. I could have taken him in the 20th round. Oh, yeah. There's this rookie Bobo. Sounds like an act of the state fair. It, it does. It I sounds thought you were like, talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba. I was, n- no. Bobo. I mean, Listen, look out for this guy. Obscure. Played college at UCLA. Yeah, he's Seven, already twenty-five years old. So he's, he's an, an older rookie. He's an old, mature guy. Yeah, he's tearing up the preseason. He's been like the preseason darling, Jake Bobo. 